chapter 7. In the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head as he lay in bed. Then he wrote down the dream. I, Daniel, saw in my vision by night the four winds of heaven stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was troubled within me, and the visions of my head terrified me. I approached one of the attendants to ask him the truth concerning all this. So he said that he would disclose to me the interpretation of the matter. As for these four great beasts, four kings shall arise out of the earth, but the holy ones of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever and ever. We will read Psalm 149 responsively by verse. Hallelujah, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise in the congregation of the faithful. Let us rejoice in the Savior. 
Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praise to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people and adorns the poor with victory. Let the faithful rejoice in triumph. Let them be joyful on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hand. To wreak vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. To bind their kings and chains and their nobles with flames of fire. To inflict on them the judgment decreed. This is glory for all his faithful people. Alleluia. The second reading this morning is from the first chapter of Ephesians. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that, with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Here ends the readings. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 6, verses 20 to 31. Glory, Glory to you, o Lord. Lord. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, 
Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. For anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated at this time, the children's message. The children that will come down. Okay, we gather right here, I've learned. I'd like to keep my notes. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, on either side, that works. Ray, you did a good job with, with the candles. Thank you. Let me put that away for a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let me offer a prayer. Almighty God, may the words that are spoken and how we listen be guided by the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Gospel that your love and your grace we may feel and know in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, thank you. Today is All Saints Sunday. And we remember, as I said in the announcement in particular, those who have passed from light into the kingdom of God over the last year, part of this congregation and, and um, other congregations or friends of you. And All Saints Sunday, that's what this is, is closely related to baptism. And your baptismal font, there it is, I see it. So you were, I don't know where you were baptized, that's, that's not the point of the sermon, but All Saints is related to holy baptism. In, our, in our, our burial service, we always talk about baptism because we, we, in baptism by water and Jesus, the word, our sins are washed away. We are raised as inheritors of eternal life. So you know where you're going. You know where you're going. You know where you're going. To the place Jesus prepared for you. A gift given. We become a full member of the church in baptism, sins washed away, and inheritors of eternal life. I sat on this. So do you know this is a, well, a shell, right? A scallop shell. And a scallop shell is, what lives in this shell are mollusks, and they are soft and don't have a spine, and maybe you've eaten scallops, I don't know. If not, it's fine. Maybe you will someday. But they live in this shell. There's two, they're bivalves, so they have a shell on the bottom and a shell on the top. And they swim by flapping that up and down, and they take all kinds of nutrients out of the water, and they get bigger and bigger in there. And they have a, a fiber on their back that grows their shell. Anyway, that's a lot to know about the, the shell. But this is, an, this is from the water. So it's a sign of baptism in the church. Many of the symbols of baptism, one of them is a scallop shell. So today, and, and you know, you live by the river, so whenever you see the river, water reminds us of our baptism. Daily we can remember our baptism, Luther says, remember your baptism every day. So there are scallop shells there, and you can each take one, or if you want to take two, I have enough, then you have a whole set. And um, I would suggest perhaps you write on the inside, you, you take two, you could put your name on the inside in whatever way you want to write it, 
and then on the other side, put your baptismal date. Do you know your birthday? And I'm sure you know your baptismal date, and if your parents will tell you if you don't. But so my homework assignment, write your name and put your baptismal date in there because that is a way to remember the grace of God given to us in Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with each of you. Amen. Thank you. So the shells are here. Please take two. I think. Okay. Because <laughs> then you can write your name on one side and your birthday. Oh, no, I'd rather have your baptismal date on the other side. If mom and dad will help you with that. Or maybe you don't need help. Very good. Okay. Thank you. I think in the future, as I'm here with you longer, if that works out with the council and everything, as a possible interim, we'll see how that works out. With, I, I'm going to want to make a lectern, not make, put a lectern there and be kind of in the middle. Instead of up here, it seems a little further away from you, um, but we are close together. So think of a circle. In a circle, there really isn't a top or a bottom. At least nobody's at the top and nobody's at the bottom of the circle. In a circle, there are no lines of division. And in a circle, there is total connection as long as we are holding hands. The bulletin cover pictures people and two angels, it looks like, in a circle. Holding hands, perhaps they're even dancing. Holding hands in a circle with only a few or with a multitude of people gives us a sense of peace and of hope and of being together, a sense of belonging, a sense of home, a sense of being valued. Standing in a circle or dancing in a circle is a way to have the eyes of our hearts enlightened. That's the theme from Ephesians chapter 118. The eyes of our hearts enlightened, which means to see what is seen and visible and to see what isn't so visible, which is what we'll be confessing in a few moments in the Nicene Creed, to see what is seen and unseen. What Paul is writing about in that verse is spiritual vision, which is to see what is before us, but also to see beyond it, to see a little bit deeper. It is a deeper seeing. The spiritual vision is to see God the creator in the beauty of creation, which is easy for you because you live in a beautiful part of God's kingdom by a river. It's easy to see the creator here can't miss the Creator here. Our spiritual vision helps us to see Jesus in each other and in every act of love and mercy and compassion we see Jesus. That's that little deeper vision. Our spiritual vision helps us to see God the Holy Spirit stirring our faith, causing questions at time, always with us, stirring us to love kindness, do justice, Walk humbly with God, walk humbly with each other with, and with all people. 
Spiritual vision is formed by prayer, by silent listening to God, by Bible study, by worship, by acts of love and service. And for me, spiritual vision is formed by music. How could we sing for all the saints and not actually be seeing the saints around us? How can we listen to an anthem and not be moved to a deeper place with a deeper vision of what is around us and who is healing and forming us? Spiritual vision is to see with eyes that have faith in God. You all have it. It does take practice to develop, but we all have it. On All Saints Sunday, we remember those, the passage in Hebrews chapter 12. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight of sin that clings to us, And yes, with the eyes of our hearts enlightened, we know and we believe that the cloud of witnesses are around us. The names we prayed are not far away. They are present and around us in that cloud of witnesses. And our hearts are enlightened in the recognition and thanksgiving for their lives. This spiritual vision with the eyes of our hearts enlightened means that we see another person and we try to do to them, for them, what we hope they will do for us. With our hearts and eyes open, we try to follow the golden rule. The spiritual vision of our hearts enlightened and our eyes open means that you and I see neighbor not immigrant or refugee. We see friend, not enemy. With the eyes of our our hearts enlightened, we see family, not stranger. We offer an open hand and not a clenched fist. We offer a warm greeting and not a slap or a push away. We offer words of encouragement and acceptance, not words of anger and judgment. With this spiritual vision, we offer inclusion and welcome and safety, and we're not dividing and pushing people away. With the eyes of our hearts enlightened by the Holy Spirit, we do speak words of affirmation instead of harsh words. And if someone disagrees with us, we don't get angry and walk away. We seek to understand, we seek to speak and to listen, We speak as we are called by Christ to work for reconciliation, even if someone disagrees or pushes us away. We can do this because of the baptismal covenant. We can do this because of the Eucharistic meal. We can do this because of God's grace upon us, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection for us, and the Holy Spirit stirring us. God enlightens our hearts and minds with hope of the life to which we are called, this life of service. 
And as he said to the children, you know where you are going. I don't mean at 11 o'clock today. I mean when you pass through that door into the kingdom. In a sense, then, this circle is about what we are building as the body of Christ the church. The truth is that a circle of people holding hands, it can be broken. We can step away, we can drop our hands. And sometimes there are really good reasons to do that. Maybe I have to go to work now. Or maybe I'm going to school, or maybe I'm going home, or I'm going to visit someone in the hospital or in the prison. There are times when we must step away from holding hands in the circle. The truth is the circle can be broken, as we all so well know, when a loved one, friend, family member, or stranger dies and enters the church triumphant. The circle is a little different and is jarred. Today we have prayed the names of loved ones who have died, who have passed through that door into the place Jesus prepared for them, into the kingdom. In the cloud of witnesses there is no sickness, there is no more separation, there is no more division, no in and out, no up and down, no tears, no death. I don't know if it's a circle, but everyone's included. In the Sermon on the Plain in Luke 6, Jesus offers a challenging sermon. He speaks really about how the community can be broken. It is true the circle of the community can be broken when a nation invades another nation and seeks to take over a free people with untruths, brute force, and violence to innocent citizens. The circle is cracked for us all, as long as that goes on. It is true the circle can be broken when citizens in a democracy are restricted and limited or not allowed to vote. The circle can be broken when election results are denied and not trusted, not accepted, not honored. In a democracy, it's really based on trusting those elections and trusting the people we elect to watch over those elections. In Time Magazine on the October 24, 31st edition, the historian John Meacham offered an article on Abraham Lincoln. He addressed how the circle can be broken when he wrote, When an element within the nation, any nation, seeks its own power and its own way over and above any other factor, that element must be confronted or else everything is lost. It is true the circle is broken when we deny that our abuse of the garden has caused a climate crisis that we can't not ignore. For those children who sat in front of us, we cannot ignore what we have done to the garden. It is true the circle can be broken when some are full and too many are hungry. 
when having more for the few is more important than having enough for the many. I'm afraid sometimes that guides us. Still, we are reminded in Ephesians, and this is good news, this is not discouraging news, that sometimes it can be broken. We are both saints and sinners. We need the grace of God. And in Ephesians, Paul is reminding us that God holds that circle together, even if the things we do fracture it. With the eyes of our hearts enlightened, we know the hope to which we are called. We know our inheritance. We know and we actually see our home as we share the meal of Holy Communion because we will sing, give us a foretaste of the feast to come. That's what's happening. You are getting a glimpse into heaven when you share this meal. Remembering our baptism. Those and those acts of love, those are the ways we keep that circle together. Doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Doing to others as we would hope they would do to us, everyone, everywhere. So again, think of the circle. Well, that's part of our mission. We are called to build and embody a circle of inclusion. For everyone, everywhere. Amen. The blessing of Almighty God, our Creator, of Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit be with each of you. Amen.